0: So why don't you give us first a little bit of background on Goldcast? Just give us like a 30-second overview of Goldcast and then tell us a little bit about your story and uh your career leading up to founding or co-founding yeah, Goldcast. No, sure. Actually, so let, let me just
1: give you a quick sense of why we
0: started Goldcast, right?
1: So if if you if you look at events, uh, right, it's it's a very critical marketing channel for any B2B company, right? Like roughly 20% of the budget goes to events uh for the go-to-market function. Uh, And they've traditionally been in person, right? Like trade shows, conferences, dinners have typically been the norm. But I think over the last few years, there are two fundamental shifts we saw in the market, right? One is remote work. Like everybody's so used to walking remotely and connecting with people digitally. Like that's one important trend. The second important trend is that I think we are all living in this convenience era, right? Where with the push of a button, we can order food, right? Like order groceries. So everybody's so convenient at their own places and want to consume content that way, right? So, so, so we thought that hey, these two trends are really helping us start a company at this point of time where marketers can use the platform for hosting digital events and drive pipeline. Right? So that's the reason why we thought the company uh, could be started at this point of time. But Quick about Goldcast, we are a digital events platform for B2B marketers to throw events and drive pipeline. That's like the uh,
0: single statement right. that I would say about GoldCast. The one sentence. Of, <laughs> and did you, did you start GoldCast before the pandemic? Uh,
1: just before, Andrew. So we were actually dabbling with the in-person event space, and we saw this being a larger shift in the market. So we sort of uh, started working on this problem around that time.
0: Got it. Okay. That's it's one of those interesting things that um, you know the the pandemic because it shifted so many people into remote work where I feel like it actually where it might have hurt a lot of businesses. Well, it did hurt a lot of businesses. It might have accelerated your business exactly. because people realized that they needed to invest more in the digital uh, exactly. side of events. Totally, exactly. and also I think
1: I think we we strongly believe that in person events are important to bring those people together and cultivate those relationships. But content can be fundamentally consumed digitally. And that's where digital events can help uh, in in that direction.
0: Very cool. Okay, why don't we take a a few steps back and could you just walk me through a little bit about your career, uh, how you started and then leading up to founding uh, or co-founding Goldcast?
1: Yeah, Andrew. So uh, I actually started in consulting uh, with with BCG, right? Did a lot of slides uh, at at the firm. And and, uh, that was my first uh, job, I would say. And after that, I worked at a healthcare company, so no relevance to SaaS or software, I would say, right? But I uh, did my MBA in 2019 at at, at HBS, and then that was one of the pivotal moments where I met some really amazing people who had the similar aspirations to start a company, and that's where, you know, I felt that, hey, I always want to build a company and build something from scratch, so I found a couple of people I sort of really gelled with. And uh, that was like the first start of uh, you know the, the gold cast and like the the, the uh, beginning of the journey. But I've have, I've have no software experience before, so I'm sort of learning a lot of things myself uh, by yeah. trial and error as we speak.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Um, so I, I have a very kind of similar. So it seems like number one, those uh, those people that you met at school. Yeah. that was probably the biggest advantage of going to school in the first place okay. and, you know, drove you to eventually take a break and start Gold GoldCast. Mm-hmm. Can you walk me? Because that that seems like a really big decision to take a break from school and then go and start a company. So those are mm-hmm. it's two things that, that are, you know, would probably stress me out <laughs> like crazy. So walk me through that decision-making process for you. No, for sure, Andrew, because I, I and my other founder, Palash, uh,
1: came to U.S. as immigrants, right? So it, it's funny, the U.S. education is so expensive, right? So we, we took a lot of loan to come it's here. so and expensive, yeah, especially right? for,
0: for Harvard Business School. I mean, I'm, I just went to like a public university in a, in Southwest Michigan, and I'm still paying mine off exactly. you know, all these years exactly. later. So yeah, it's
1: crazy. Exactly, right? So And and also, it's, it's not a trivial decision for us because we didn't have the visa to start the company, uh, right? It's, it's really hard for immigrants to get the visa to run the company. So this is a long process that you had to go through. Second is the point you mentioned, right? Like if you have to start a company, we can't take any salary in the first year. So how do you pay back the loan uh, in the first place? Uh, right? But I think I think, I think think we uh, initially started doing a lot of market research about what the problem looks like. And I think we fundamentally fell in love with the problem at the end of the day and decided, hey, this is the right time to start the company. Let's go at it. If, if we fail, it's okay. Like, you know, we will we'll figure out something else after that. But I think that really pushed us to take that plunge uh, and take a break from school. And, and so far, it has been a great journey, but only time will tell if this is the right decision or not.
0: <laughs> and how how did you find the problem? Because you had mentioned that you, you weren't from the tech or the SaaS yeah. space. So was that something that your co-founder had initially Correct. like bubbled Correct. up? Exactly. So my other founder, Palash, uh, he used
1: to actually work in a go-to-market team of uh, an ad tech business. And he used to do a lot of events himself. And the one primary question that he was struggling with this what's the ultimate ROI of these events? Like, Are these prospects ultimately converting into customers? And, and he, he felt that this problem can be solved a lot more easily through digital events because you can track a lot of data, uh, but that's like the starting point of why and how we
0: started the company. Okay, got it. And um, over the past few months, I've really noticed a lot of the marketing specifically that Goldcast has been putting awesome. out. One of them has been uh the CMO diaries, which is essentially, right. you know, an ongoing series where you sit down and talk with marketing leaders, um, just pretty much about how, about the programs that they're building yeah. for their companies. And so um, I wanted to ask you what what are some of the CMO diaries episodes that stand out to you particularly no, and why pleasure.
1: No, it's it's funny, I, I felt that uh the CMO community in general has been very tight knit uh, because I think I think the lifespan or or, or uh, the the um, lot of CMOs are very short uh, stints in a lot of companies. So everybody tries to help one another in that way. So it's been incredibly uh, helpful. I think I really liked um, uh, the CM of HubSpot's episode. He, he's a guy called Kip Bodner. Um I think I think he's one of the visionary CMOs that I've met. Mm. Um, he. he I, he he was very structured in how he thinks about marketing, uh, right? Like he he, he has a very unique perspective of mixing art and science to marketing. And and one key point that he mentioned that really stood out to me was uh, in HubSpot, there is a religious rule that you don't do any sort of campaign unless you know the distribution plan, uh, right? Unless you know how you're going to distribute the content or an event or a a podcast, you're not going to start that Campaign, right? And and it struck me so vividly because we are so used to doing so many things in marketing, uh, right? It's 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 that um, conundrum where we fell into and do a lot of things, but ultimately there are only two, two, three, two, three things that will work eventually, um, right? So he, his point about using distribution as a key mechanism to start fundamentally the marketing was was incredibly helpful. Um, I think the other thing that he mentioned was, you know, I think. The whole SaaS category and most categories we think about is become extremely competitive right like if you, if you look at everyone's website they say the same thing uh, mm-hmm. right like there's literally no difference in terms of what people say about themselves i think i think that's where he was talking about the best marketers always invest in creativity and making like taking that extra risk in terms mm-hmm. of how they do marketing right like and, and i felt that even at Goldcast, we are playing a little too safe in terms of how we do marketing. So that sort of pushed me to think through a little bit in terms of where we can take bold risks in general. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I love that. I, that was actually the next question that I was going to ask you, right? Because um, the virtual event space, webinar, technologies, yeah. there it is, it is definitely uh, on the mature mm-hmm. side, the category, right? There's a lot of different companies out there. So what are some ways that you are uh, differentiating from yeah. all of those different vendors?
1: No for sure, and I think I think uh, we are first. We are very focused on the B two B marketer persona, right? And we are building a platform or product that is unique for them, right? So what that means is a couple of things actually. One, you no, know, we we feel that everyone is or even marketers are competing with the attention of the buyers because they're used to platforms like Netflix, TikTok, Instagram, and and how engaging they are, right? So, so the first important thing for them is experience. How do you make sure that the experience is so great that people don't zone out, people don't drop off in in the in the beginning? So that's like an important focus area for the company. How do we make sure that the experience? Yeah. And when area.
0: you say when you say experience, you mean the the viewer's experience, not the. Not the the hosts' experience, right? Yes, that's okay.
1: viewers' experience is like the topmost priority for us. How do we as okay. sure engaging as Netflix? Uh, that's like the key motto for us uh, in terms of how we build the product. Got and it. Second, second important problem we felt for this persona is that a lot of times marketers do events, but sales teams have no clue in terms of what exactly happened in the event. Right, like which prospects came to the event, which customers came to the event. Are uh, there my target accounts in the event that I have to prospect into post-event, right? So how do we make sure that we build the right workflows so that the sales teams can get the right insights about who's coming to the event, what do they exactly do, and how can I directly action on them to sort of build a pipeline? Like, that's like the an important second pillar that we are trying to focus on. So the experience plus the uh, insights and workflows for the sales teams so that they can sort of drive conversations with prospects and customers so those are the two important pillars we try to build the product around so that it it makes sense for the b2b marketers
0: i love that and i love that you're so specific that it's it's b2b event marketers yeah. it, it because uh i think that with all these other event and and, and uh virtual event or webinar technologies yeah. it's very broad yeah. and they're speaking yeah. essentially to every single Totally. person out there. Yeah. And so I, I, one thing that I'm curious about is, do you get like inbound leads from non B2B marketers? And it, if you do, how do you, how do you deal with those? Do you That's just let question. them go or?
1: It's a great question, Andrew. So, you know, uh, this was an internal debate that happened recently, right? So we we take those conversations, um, uh, you know, we, 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 we sell them the product. If you want to, if they want to buy the product, they can do it. What we don't do is that we don't change the product roadmap for them um uh, so that's like the philosophy we have taken
0: for the company okay got it love that um in terms of just starting a company right I, I, so number one goldcast is what is it two three years old at this point? Two and
1: a half years old Andrew. two years old
0: <laughs> okay got it very cool so do you have any uh advice that you would give just other early stage startup founders that are either considering starting their own company yeah. or are within their first year ish or so
1: no, for sure. No, as you know, I'm also constantly learning. So I'm, I'm not the sort of the best person to give advice. But I think one thing I, I'll sort of share though is that, you know, it's an incredibly lonely journey, uh, right? Like there have been days where, uh, you know, it's it's just so hard where you felt like, you know, why am I even doing this at the end mm-hmm. of the day? Right? Uh, and and there, are, there are so many moments like that, uh, probably more moments than wins, I would say, in, in the initial phases. I felt that it, it, it's it been helpful to me to surround myself with optimists in general, right? Mm-hmm. who can like sort of take a long picture and, and, and sort of bring you up. And for me, my wife plays that role and my co-founder plays that role. So those two people are my support system to make sure that I sort of don't uh, break down or like, you know, go low at any point of time. So that's very important, I feel, for any founder who's trying to start a company and sort of uh, build something because great companies will have non-obvious insights. And in the beginning everybody will say it's not going to work out. So you need to sort of climb through that wave and get to the next phase. So that's like the toughest part I felt in the
0: journey. I love that. And it's funny too, because I feel like um, I, I see so much commentary on... And usually it's from like tech bros, you know, who are like in like their thirties and their VCs. And they're like, Oh, you know, like you, uh, you should be going at it alone. Like don't let anyone slow you down kind of a thing. (laughs) And I found similarly to you. So my wife is super, super supportive and, you know, gives me, is a great sounding board whenever I have questions that, uh, I'm trying to like answer for myself or if I'm trying to just like, Hey, like, does this sound interesting to you? (laughs) Those kinds of things. And, um, yeah I, I just feel so fortunate to have that kind totally. of relationship and it totally. just keeps me from feeling lonely right yeah just, yeah just kind exactly. of like how you're talking about totally totally and it's a it's a, I think
1: it's i mean we are we both are fortunate to have good people by our side so mm-hmm. i think that's important
0: <laughs> yeah for sure well listen i so many great insights from this conversation where can people find you if they want to learn more about what you're up to and what goldcast is up to
1: yeah, I'm I'm sort of uh, trying to be more active on LinkedIn just to make sure that the voice of the company comes through. So anybody interested can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to always chat or exchange ideas and learn from people. Awesome.
0: Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day. And thanks again for jumping on the podcast. Thanks, Andrew.
1: Appreciate you having on having me here. Thank you.